Fast Break Podcast. I'm Bryson Wright, and I'm here with Jack Foster and Grant Mitchell. And the NBA season started last night, and, you know, we had two great games. But before we get into that, we have to talk about the biggest story of the entire offseason, which has been Ben Simmons and his return to Philadelphia, which not surprisingly has not been very great so far. And about how he was just kicked out of practice by Doc Rivers. What do you guys think about that? I mean, going back to what I said at the end of the first episode, I just, my opinion of Ben Simmons has gone through the floor. Uh, I was really hoping that him coming back to practice this week, I was really surprised when he did in the first place. I thought he was going to hold out until he was gone. But uh, him coming back, I thought, okay, this is maybe a step in the right direction. They can put some bad blood behind him. They can move in the right direction. It it (laughs) clearly didn't go that way. And uh, Joel Embiid getting to a point where, you know, Ben Simmons is kicked out of practice and Embiid has to say, I don't care about what he does. We're grown adults. I'm not here to babysit him. We're not here to babysit anyone. I, I don't disagree with him. I mean, this is just kindergarten behavior. And uh, I look at Joel Embiid. The man didn't pick up a basketball until he was 15. Okay. Yeah. He did not pick up a basketball until he was 15 years old. Ben Simmons has been playing since I think 10 years old or earlier than that uh, from what I read. And Joel added a three-point shot, you know, when he was still developing his game as, as, as a teenager. And he's one of the most well-rounded big men we've, we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. Yeah. And, and you go to Ben Simmons, he comes in. He has so much pedigree, so much, so much precision in his passing, good handles, dominant in the paint, all these great starting points for someone's career. And he adds nothing to it. He adds absolutely nothing to it. And we've seen him decline statistically over the course of a season, all of last season, worse than the year before that. And I'm just looking at it. I'm saying this is like when, when Dwight Howard came into the league, he was someone who was, you knew what he was going to do every single time, but nobody could stop him. Ben Simmons, similar. However, Dwight Howard, his longevity and being able to do that and use his physicality to just dominate teams lasted a lot longer than what you can do with Ben Simmons. Because after a while, you can figure out Ben Simmons. Dwight Howard, 6'11", 280 pounds of pure muscle. That's harder to stop. But Ben Simmons, (laughs) you can figure that out. And it seems like the league has figured him out. Yeah, I don't even know. So I know what you talked about, how like the biggest part is he's declining in the stuff that he was supposed to be good at. Right. Because, like, he was good at finishing around the rim, yep. and he was good at passing. You know, I still think he's a great passer, and I still think he's a great defender. Yeah. But it's like when you got to the playoff series and you saw that he wasn't even finishing around the basket anymore. And it's like he's just non-existent on the offensive end. Yeah, just poor shot-making capabilities for sure. And, you know, going back to what Grant was saying, I want to hammer home the fact that, you know, just how selfish he's being to his teammates. You know, just being a horrible teammate right now. And I feel Joel Embiid has every right to feel the way he does. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, He kind of forced Joel Embiid and, you know, just the team in general to kind of distance themselves from them because I know I was reading it and it's just like they asked him to do a drill at practice and he was just like, no. Like, and, yeah, and you could just tell by the video of the practice, the way he was standing, the way he was conducting himself, like even in physical motions, he just wanted nothing you know, he wanted no part of being there. At he all. looked. He looked pissed off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looked yeah. like he looked. He was in there, and he was. He just had an argument, or he wants to. He, he's looking for a bone to pick with someone. And it's. I mean, this is a guy that he should be. He should be one of the leaders in that locker room. I mean, he has so many incredible talents that if you just you rise above the drama you're creating, you say, "Look, I messed up. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to take ownership of everything that I've done, and we're going to move forward, and we're going to have a heck of a season." Instead. Complete opposite direction. You know, thankfully they've got some great leadership in that locker room. Obviously, Joel Embiid is, you know, staunchly, hey, we're a team. 
no one person is bigger than this whole unit. And mm-hmm. Tobias Harris, apparently, mm-hmm. according to multiple outlets, is taking a really vocal position in the locker room and is leading that team saying, look, guys, let's just let's win. Let's win basketball games. Let's not think about everything that's going on right now. Let's just move in the right direction. And I mean, they're just, even with everything going on, it seems like the Sixers are trying to be understanding of Ben Simmons. Because it's like, look, mm-hmm. we, you, you don't want to be here. We understand that. We don't want to have any of this strife in the locker room. So let's just, let's mutually, let's work together. Let's just try and find a bridge and, and move through and then greener pastures for both sides. But he can't even do that. He can't even do that. How many situations have there been where a player and a team know this guy's not going to be back next year? Like Toronto, they wanted Kawhi back, but they probably figured we're not going to get him back next year. They were so professional. They said, we're going to go out and we're going to provide the best product for the fans and we're going to do the best thing we can for the organization. They won a championship. Mm -hmm. No, I would even compare this to when James Harden was trying to get out of Houston. Yeah. Now, now I'm not going to say that he did it the complete right way, but he, he still, still yeah, he yeah. he showed up to training camp. Yeah. And even though, you know, his attitude maybe wasn't great, he still showed up. You know, he didn't sit out. He at least played the games until he got traded. And that's all I'm really asking for Ben Simmons right now. I'm not even saying that he has to be happy with the Sixers, but I'm just like, if they're still looking for a trade partner for you, right, just keep playing until they find it. And, exactly. you know, and if you play better, then maybe more teams will be like, oh, yeah, I'll take Ben Simmons on my team. You know, play yourself into a better situation. And a lot of times what happens with these disgruntled players is they're on inept teams. It's not like Simmons is on an inept team. He's on a playoff team. He's got stars around him. So him playing for the 76ers at his full capability while also trying to get traded, he might be unhappy, is not going to be – you know, un- like not f- any fun. It's going to be fun. You're going to win games. You're yeah. going to be yeah, successful. Yeah, definitely. It's not so. like, you know, it's not like he's stuck in like the gutter of the NBA on like the <laughs> exactly. Kings or something. Yeah, DeMarcus you know? Cousin on the Kings. I yeah, was thinking like, about so that. That's a whole different yeah. situation. And it's that's just like, what happens a lot of times yeah. with those mm-hmm. players. Yeah. And he was, in DeMarcus Cousins, you know, all the things that have happened off the court, you know, setting all that aside, he's been combative with press, with teammates, so on and so forth. He always put up. His every everything he was made of on the court. I remember watching uh, the Warriors playing the Kings and Cousins Boogie had like 50 points. He had a triple double, something like that, just moving up and down the court like he was a point guard. He was amazing. And he was so frustrated with that inept team that he carried the whole team. He kept them in that game from start to finish. And they never throughout his time in Sacramento, there was never a competitive team for him to be on. In, during that whole time, you know, he was very clear that he wasn't happy with the situation. He never stopped playing. He never stopped competing. And everything that was going on, you know, off the court, personal life, whatever, regardless of that, he gave 110% on the basketball court and in practices. And ultimately, you know, he ended up in some good positions, but he had some injuries. Unfortunately, things fell apart. But he played his way into a better situation, playing with Anthony Davis. And they had a great duo for half a season before he got hurt. And it's just Ben Simmons, I mean, this is this is horrible for both sides because the Sixers, I felt like you trade Ben Simmons, you get a lot of quality pieces, you're going to be a contender. You're going to yeah, be a contender. Definitely. And now teams are going to take advantage of this position. They're going to look and they're going to say, well, he clearly doesn't want to be here. He's not going to do anything to to contribute to the team. Let's let we'll give peanuts for what you deserve. Exactly. And this yeah, is drawing the out the thing. process. This is just drawing out the process. Because I would look at it as like a fan of another team, like the Grizzlies. I would not want us to touch Ben Simmons. No, right now. Yeah, it's hurting his no. trade value so much. Yeah, yeah. like his That's trade value has just like even after the game seven against Atlanta when he played bad. His trade, his trade value had definitely decreased just because of how bad he played in that entire series. Mm-hmm. But after what he's done over the offseason, it's just gotten even worse because it's just like, uh, I mean, 
the only reason why his trade value is still kind of high is just because he's still under contract for four more years. Yeah. So there's like there's there's nothing he can do about it. So there like even if a team is like I really want Ben Simmons, you would still have to wait four years if you don't yeah. trade for him. So it's like if there's somebody out there who really wants him, I'm sure this they'll still give a pretty good you know offer, maybe a couple first round picks. But I'm saying before that series. He's probably getting three or four players, three or four first round picks yep. for him. Yep. Because you saw what uh what they got for Paul George yeah. in the uh Paul George trade to the Clippers and that's an all, that's a lot older player too. Yeah, right. it's a lot way older, older player. player, yeah. But uh, you know, we could talk about Ben Simmons all day. You know, the new season is starting, so I I think we should move on. The biggest news today is Zion. Yep. So Zion, I I don't I'm not gonna say he's in the same situation as Ben Simmons, obviously, but it kind of seems like they could be going down that track very soon because it seems like he hasn't been happy with the organization in general. They haven't, you know, get like I feel like they've gotten him help with players, but they haven't gotten him help with coaches and like trainers and stuff like that in order to really like help him work on his body. Yeah. And, you know, even last year, because they had Lonzo and Brandon Ingram on the team, I think they could have been better, but it's just like... And he loved Lonzo, too. He oh, was yeah. very open about, I want Lonzo to come back. And I think that that really hurts, too. And this is another situation, of course, we're not worried about Zion getting traded. We're not worried about Zion, yeah. like, forcing his way out of New Orleans, because that's not really a possibility. But it's like, I, you have to you have to keep your number one player happy. Yeah. Like, you have, to, you have to make him happy. And I think that's... That's what the Pelicans need to figure out. Like, what what do you want? You know, because they have to cater to him. I, I definitely agree with that. But at the same time, the problems I'm seeing with Zion right now, I don't think are organizational. I think more so it's Zion Williams himself. Throughout, you know, high school, college, and now professional career, people have questioned, you know, is his size correlating with long-term durability and viability within within the NBA? Can, you know, right. and right now... Uh, over the offseason, reportedly, uh, he went over 300 pounds again. Uh, he Coming into training camp, he needs surgery for something the organization didn't know he needed surgery for, and he's not expected to be back until November at the earliest. And this really brings to question his personal conditioning because the Pelicans have, have, have handled him with kid gloves. And that, mm-hmm. that's an understatement, I think, because since day one, they've been like, okay, we, they, they, they retaught him how to run because of his large frame. They're like, we want this guy to be around for a really long time. What NBA team have you ever... No, no, no. Let me, let me rephrase. What sports team have you ever heard of that taught one of their guys to run again? Yeah, Not definitely. many at all. I don't, think, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Right? Yeah. Right? right? And, now, and you've got this going on with Zion now, and he comes in out of shape again. Because look, if you need surgery for something you didn't know, completely understandable. Happens with athletes all the time. It's your profession. You're putting your body through some intense rigors. However... Getting up past the 300-pound mark again after they spent the entire season and a half before trying to condition you, I mean, that's... Yeah, no, it's, yeah it's yeah. definitely concerning. I don't know if it's that New Orleans gumbo down there. I don't know if we got a little <laughs> bit too much of that. Yeah. But, uh, nice. yeah, I don't know. The, I know he's on, like, a Mountain Dew commercial now. I'm getting I don't Greg Odenfields. I'm getting yeah, Greg Odenfields, like, man. And it, and it sucks because 
I, you know, I'm really big into, I like to look at like the high school recruits yeah. coming up. And when Zion was coming up, I was like, dude, oh, he's a monster. Everyone, yes. Everybody knew about yeah. Zion. Yeah. 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 Everybody knew. Like yeah. there's a couple guys that like everybody knows. Like LaMelo was like that in high school. It was yeah. like yeah. everybody was like, look at LaMelo ball. He's going to be up in like five yeah. years. Right. And it's like you see them like grow up and you see him go to Duke and you see him get drafted number one overall. And you're like, you want to see him succeed because you've seen him come up yep. from when he was playing against a bunch of little kids on YouTube. And it seems <laughs> like 15. a slam dunk, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it, 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 it felt like, like it felt like a movie or a video game I was waiting for. It's just like, it's going to be a 100% hit. Let's just, let, why can't we just accelerate the process? Exactly. Yeah, it's like, why why can't he just get drafted exactly. at like 16? Right. Like, exactly. We, we know it's coming, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And now. it's just, yeah, now it's just like, it sucks because, you know, injuries in general are terrible, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where if, if dropping weight is what he needs to do, yeah. Then that he just ha- he has to do it because you don't want to become Greg Oden. You do- I don't want Zion Williamson to become a what if. Yeah, and it's so cl- it's just it, I understand the injury bug is something that oftentimes you can't control, but this is all so controllable. Last season he was twenty pounds lighter than he was his rookie season on registered weight, and he wasn't dunking as much. But that wasn't because he didn't have the strength to. It was because he was being more smart. There's less impact, less blah 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 blah. Field goal percentage was great. Ball handling, really good. Uh, passing the ball in general looked... I mean, he just looked... He fan- broke out. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He looked like the Zion Williamson we were all expecting to see in the NBA. He was fantastic. I mean, yeah. Like, how often do you see a second-year player averaging 27 points per game? You like, don't. Yeah, yeah that, you don't. that just doesn't happen. You don't. You it's don't. incredible. And, you know, I was really expecting him to take another step this year, you know, but after this, I'm not really sure, you know. So do you think his work ethic is there to get back uh, to the right way? I, I don't think it's his worth eth- work ethic because whenever whenever he's gotten into playing shape, I mean, he's just going full speed ahead. I think it's just he he seems to get into the best playing shape when he's able to practice and run around on the court. You know, it's like the NFL, I remember watching, you know, hard knocks and they're saying that, you know, there's getting in shape over the training camp, but nothing prepares you for game shape, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. the same thing for every professional sport. I think if you keep Zion, you know, it'll put more miles on the wheels, but if you keep Zion in scrimmages throughout the off season, he's going to stay in shape. But when you say, okay, go do whatever you're, you know, and then come back. No, it's not, it's not gonna work. Look at Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley over, I mean, infamously, he would, gain and lose, gain and lose weight over the course of his NBA career. But when it came to the seasons, at least for the first decade of his career, he would he would be 100% in shape and ready to go for the start of the season. He may get wildly out of shape over the offseason, but after training camp, he's ready for the, for the first series of action of the NBA regular season. And Zion, not only is he not ready, apparently he wasn't running over offseason, he wasn't doing any of these things. It's like, okay, if that's not working, if you can't you know essentially trust him on his own to stay in shape... Keep him in scrimmages if he can. I mean, yeah, and he has to know that injuries are going to be amplified yeah. for him because he's because of his size. Yeah. So he has to take that into account and you know condition his body, you know, more smarter than you know the regular size guy would have to. Yeah, yeah definitely. And you know, I like what you said about Charles Barkley. I don't know, even if it's just like okay, when the season ends, we give you like. A month and a half. Like <laughs> Summer you break, have, yeah. yeah. You get a month and a half. You can do whatever you want. But then, like, either, I don't know, beginning of August, like, mid-July, somewhere yeah. in there, like, you, we're, we're starting. You got to get back into shape. Kale, yeah. chicken, and carrots. Yeah, like, something. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, you can have a month, you know, 
cookies, ice cream, gumbo, whatever you want. Yeah. But like you, you have to be in shape coming into training camp. Not saying you have to be all the way in shape and in coming into training camp, but you have to be at least somewhat in shape. You know, because the only way you're because it's like where your starting point is determines how far you're going to get before the season starts. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting like completely out of shape, then you're in trouble because getting into game shape is just a whole nother thing you have to yeah. do once the season starts. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is at all, you know, in terms of Ben Simmons stuff, I don't think this is all personality related. I mean, from oh, all yeah. accounts, everything Zion, he's just a lovely person. He's just a really great ambassador for the league, just an awesome guy. It's just, again, I, I don't think there's the foundation there. He's probably, again, because he has these incredible physical gifts and just great basketball IQ and just fundamentals. He's never had to go that hard. Yep. High school, you come in, you're dominating all the kids. College, same thing, more of the same. NBA, even more of the same. I mean, he is... He is, by all accounts, just a freak of nature. I mean, the mm-hmm. the basketball gods. He's he's incredibly smart, and then he has the physicals of a Greek god. I mean, that's just <laughs> he could be if he wanted to. He could be the greatest player ever if he was if he if he committed to 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 his physicals. If he committed to being in shape throughout the season, he could be the greatest player ever because LeBron. He came into the league and he had all these great fundamentals and everything, but there were still guys that could out physical him. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was a freak of nature on the court, moving up and down. But at the same time, there were guys that could out muscle him. Zion can out muscle big men. Yeah, that's no. It's weird because this is kind of the opposite of what you usually see. You usually see like like when Giannis came in the league. Yeah, you know, yep. you have to bulk up. When KD came in the league, you have to bulk up a little bit, or he's not going to be able to play. And this is like, all right. Listen, like, yeah, slim down a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a little bit too much. And, you know, like I said about Ben Simmons, we could talk about Zion, you know, the whole time. time. But, you know, the offseason is finally over. We can actually talk about basketball games. And we had two games. Well, we had one pretty good game and another one. Well, they were they were both exciting, you know, right. With the teams, it's going to be. Yeah, with the teams that were playing, it was exciting. You know, you got to see some of the insane Kevin Durant, like, you can't do anything about it plays yep. uh, a couple from James Harden, especially what one thing I saw was really interesting is they like to run like a full bench unit with KD and then they would run like a full bench unit with only Harden and basically just run the offense through them. And then near the end of the game, they started playing them together more. I think it's really smart. Yeah, I think yeah, that's smart too. Kyrie, yeah. yeah, especially when Kyrie, you don't know what's happening with Kyrie. Uh, that was something I thought was really interesting. Another thing, Bruce Brown didn't play so I don't know what yeah. you guys thought about that because I think last year he was getting like 20 minutes a game like he was a pretty big part of that team and he just isn't getting minutes and you know I know they brought in Patty Mills and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is coming back and Paul Millsap but I'm like I'm surprised I think they were playing Javon Carter over him yeah and it's like I'm not you know I don't know it's kind of yeah, confusing to me 20 minutes yeah yeah it's like that, that, that was kind of confusing to me I don't know what you guys think about that but I think the thing that I'm def- I definitely walked away from that game uh, um, thinking most was I mean I, it was so it was so clear but I I never thought oh they could do this with their lineup is you have each superstar that you have go out in different pl- different platoons because you know obviously if you've got Kyrie there it's a completely different dynamic we're not gonna touch that yet <laughs> but um, but when you have such great veterans on the team again like Lamarcus Aldrich like Blake Griffin Patty Mills all these other guys it only makes sense that you just have a platoon swap at that point because those older players, they're going to tire out, you know, they're going to need to get swapped out. And if, if it's just those guys, it's just the bench veteran guys going out there. 
I think after a while over the course of the season, their their ability to make a significant impact, physically at least, is going to severely diminish. And then you have a balance of Harden out there with those guys, and you have a balance of KD out there with those guys, and you have you still have that focal point, that person to run the offense through, but at the same time, because those are veterans like Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills, they're able to get open on their own, but that, that big star is able to draw away and get some attention on them so they can open up. And I, I think it's a really smart game plan. I think the Nets are going to be dangerous if they can implement that a little bit more effectively from a defensive standpoint. But again, the Bucks are very hard to stop because all things run through Giannis. Right, yeah. And I mean, the Nets are going to struggle a little bit without Kyrie, you know, moving forward. That's, we saw in the playoffs how when KD and Kyrie are on the court at the same time, they're nearly unstoppable. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I think another thing about the Nets is, of course, we have to talk about the Bucks too, because I honestly yeah. think the biggest story of this game is this was a statement game for the Bucks. Absolutely. This was a statement game because I know even though they won the championship last year, I feel like a bunch of people kind of are counting them out. Me. Yeah. <laughs> no, me. Because, yeah, we were in here talking about we think the Nets are going to win the East and stuff and how they're going to be first in the East. But it's like for the Nets – I know everybody talks about how the Lakers are old, but people haven't been talking about the Nets are old, too. They're so old. They're yeah. really old. Yeah. And I think you really saw that, like, kind of last night a little bit. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge isn't—he's not LaMarcus Aldridge that we let know and love from— Back when he was on the Spurs and on the Trailblazers, you know, he was missing some bunnies. That's a, a, that's a nice way of putting it. He's that's missing a, time, yeah. too. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, he he's did. He's got to get back. And, yeah, he retired. I mean, he did. He is coming right out of retirement. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll give him a couple games. You know, keep keep in mind, this is the first game of the season. Exactly. You know, this it's is also the, 82 games. Yeah, there's 82 yeah. games. <laughs> no, I think it was last night they were like, this is the first of like 1.2 thousand yeah. NBA games this season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, between all the teams. And it's like, there's so, there's so much, which that's why I'm so excited because you really have no idea what can really happen like you have like even last year you come out like nobody expected it to be bucks and Suns in the finals no exactly. you know maybe bucks but no not the Suns. so it's like anything can really happen i love just the beginning of the season fresh start but uh this yeah this was a statement game for the bucks and for Giannis. i i was one of those doubters like i said i definitely was counting them out i didn't anticipate that they would move in a direction where I would say, yeah, this is for sure a championship, uh, championship team right here. Contender for sure, but championship team, I don't think so. They're, they're just, there's not enough firepower there. But after what they did to the Nets, exploiting all those weaknesses and seeing uh, all the holes that having that average age of players does to a team, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Giannis, is, Giannis is a monster, but also George Hill. I mean, he, he had only one point coming off the bench. I think if he has a good game and he scores a little bit more consistently, like we saw him do uh, with the Cavs when he was there earlier and also the Jazz, and that's that's even more points you're packing on there. I think the Bucks, the fact that you had guys stepping up in this one that, uh, you know, sure, they, they, they normally do, you know, uh, Grayson Allen coming in there at the two. I mean, that was surprising. We were talking about before coming on yeah. here. Who yeah, making a that? statement with their new starting five is what I was going to yeah. talk about. Just, you know, P.J. Tucker leaving, you don't know how it's going to look with the new starting five. Probably a reason that contributed to your preseason take about the Bucks, but they come out and they kick some butt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, Grayson Allen, he was only 3 out of 10, but as a Grizzlies fan, I'm happy for Grayson because he's finally somewhere where he can just chuck as many shots up as he wants. <laughs> like keep yeah, keep keep that over they there. They need shooters know? like that. Yeah, they need shooters like yeah, that. Because, and he, oh yeah, and Connaughton too. Yeah. But the biggest thing is is how great Yan like I know you shouldn't say how great Giannis looked because 
you know, he's probably it's the Giannis. Yes, yeah, Giannis. Yeah. But he looked incredible for a stretch. <laughs> he, made there. A three, he made a three pointer. One yeah, of four. Like, he was one, one out of four, four from yeah. three, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest thing that I saw is like he has become like his facilitating last night yeah. was some was incredible. Yeah. Was, He's just growing, which makes it even scarier. And yeah, I, like it's like he, you already have a guy who, if you look at just based on accolades, you know he doesn't have the career totals yet. He has the the accolades to be like he's already one of the greatest power forwards of all time yeah. right now yeah at 26 i i completely agree with you and, and he's getting better yeah yeah and i, I hate to do this because i know we said we're not going back to it but you look at Giannis again coming to the league what an incredible story he comes in he's just i mean he's the greek freak you know from day one comes in doesn't really have uh uh you know shooting or just just he's missing a lot of the skills that you need to succeed in the NBA, but he has the work ethic, he has the determination, he has the intangibles, he has the passion, blah, 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 the personality. Gets it done, Here's here he is now, right? And then Ben Simmons comes in, and he has he has all of the tools, and he, 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 could, be, he, could, he could be right where Giannis is, you know? Similar in stature, Giannis is, he's, he's over 7 feet, they say 6'11", he's over 7 feet, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they lie about that all yeah. the time. But, but he could be right where that guy is. And it's just attitude. Everything comes down to attitude, work ethic, and being able to be a team player. Yep. It all comes down to it. And Giannis, I'm so happy to see him win. I'm so happy that I was wrong about the Bucks and that they look as formidable as they do. Again, first game of the season, Nets have a lot of changes in their lineup, so things will change as the season progresses. But this was, like you said, a statement win. Yeah, because I don't know. Well, I was expecting them to win because they were at home you know I thought it was going to be at least a little bit of a closer game Mm -hmm. even just with Harden and KD because you saw them that game seven last year it was close you know they were they were yeah or was no game six game six yeah whenever he was had his foot when KD had his foot on the line yeah it was like that's how close they were to uh, being sent home by this almost the same roster Mm -hmm. you know they added and they added Paul Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge so it's like you know you don't you didn't really know what you were going to see tonight but uh, also, Chris Middleton had a really good game. He only had he only had I know only had twenty points, you know. But uh, he had a couple shots where it was just like you see the shot making ability of Chris Middleton, especially going back to like the playoffs last year and just seeing it like this year is it's getting to an all time level at this mm-hmm. point. Like his mid range game is on par with the better guys in the league. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know to be a great team, you need a clutch shooter like that, and they have that down. And he's 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 large for a, for a small forward. I know a lot of guys are around, you know, six nine, six ten around there. But I mean, he just plays the court like he's a lot taller than that. That shot creation, the way he can angle his body and just move on the court, he's a really really unique character. And uh, he's I mean, he's thirty years old, and usually this is when uh, uh, players are starting to go down because physicality and all this other stuff's going. But he just he gets better because he understands how to move on the court a little bit better each season. And I think the Bucks are very lucky to have him. The only concerns that I have, uh, obviously shot creation is great from him, but shot consistency. Even with mm-hmm. even with what he showed last night, he was still around 48, 49% shooting, which isn't, it, it's good, it's good. But also moving forward, what's that going to look like? Because I keep thinking about the playoffs last season, and there were a lot of cold games from Chris yes. Middleton. There were a yeah, lot of definitely. cold games. We saw it in the Hawks series. It was like when Chris is hot, they win him. Yep. When he's not, eh. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's the big thing is consistency with him because – I think it's just because of the difficulty of the shots he takes, too. Because he takes some really difficult shots. Yeah. And I think maybe, I don't know, I, I'm not saying that he can't take a couple of those, but it's like maybe saying, hey, you know, 
limit them. Limit them a yeah. little bit, you know. Like I don't know if you remember there was that live where uh, KD and Kyrie were arguing like last season, talking about who should get the most post ups and stuff. <laughs> Maybe yeah. argue with him a little bit. Be like, all right, you get you get two. And then for every one you hit, you get another one yeah. or something like that. Okay. You know, start with three and you if you hit one, add, yeah. There, yeah. yeah, something like, like that, that. You know, that that's that's what I want to do. And, you know, Stamen win for the Bucks. The other game last night, I thought th- this was the more fun game to me in terms of just how competitive it was. And especially the beginning of the game when you got to see you got to see prime, this was prime LeBron. This looked like prime LeBron. Number He's six. Yeah, number six <laughs> LeBron with the headband. Mm-hmm. And he came out and I, he started six for six yeah. from the field. And it, and it and it was one of those things where I was watching and I was like, oh, okay. It's on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, th- this is what we're going to get this season. We saw bubble Anthony Davis. That's what it looked like to me. He was hitting jumpers. He was driving. He was doing all this he stuff. He comfortable. He yeah. didn't look like he was hurting at all either. Yeah, fully it's, it's crazy what happens when you're fully healthy, you yeah. know? <laughs> But uh, and then they end up losing the game. It's gonna take a while for all that talent to adjust playing together. Yeah, but they don't have a lot of I don't know their defense. The guys that they have who are you know quote unquote defensive guys are on the older side. They've got DeAndre Jordan, you know, who great in the paint, you know, legendary for getting all those boards and just being a real presence. But he's old, you know. This whole team is old. The whole exactly. (laughs) The whole team is old. And just looking around at, at Anthony Davis, even Anthony Davis is in his 30s. I mean, that's a guy that I always thought of as, oh, Anthony Davis, you know, he's in his mid-20s or something like that. And it's just, I mean, he got drafted in, what, 2012? Like, yeah. He gotta, like, he's been in the league for a minute For now. a minute. He was but on that he, Olympic I, he's, team. He's, he's still, I think this, he's the prime guy of this team, though. He he's, is. He's in his yeah, prime still. Key, yeah. But injuries yeah. are also a concern for him because early in his career, he was plagued by them. Middle of his career was good, and now he's starting to have some recurrences with them. Last season, obviously, he missed most of the time with a number of recurring injuries. LeBron, I, I, I think LeBron will be good this season. I think last year there was just too much put on his plate, and that was too straining. And they had a, de- I mean, they won to the championship the year before. You know, all of that basketball on a, on a guy in his late 30s is going to take a toll. So I can understand why last season LeBron uncharacteristically missed a number of games due to injury. And but, they, it was the shortest offseason yep. in the history of the NBA, yep. and they were the team that went the furthest. You saw the two teams that went the furthest both yeah. got knocked out in the first round this year. Yeah, I was like, that has to be partly because of fatigue. Got to be. But the biggest story of this game, of course, I would say for the winning team, was partly Steph Curry having a triple-double. You know, that was huge. But also... Jordan Poole. Yeah. The third year jump, I think it's here. We saw some flashes uh in the in the at the end of the season last year and a little bit in the playoffs against the Lakers, but uh but yeah, I think he if he comes around, uh Golden State's gonna be dangerous hundred percent. Especially when Clay gets back. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about their lineups, but I would I would like to see a Steph, Jordan Poole, and Clay Thompson lineup, like starting at one through three. Like I think that like that that would be scary on the offensive end. Now on the defensive end, we might have some problems. <laughs> also scary, yeah, a little <laughs> For scary. A different reason. You know, yeah. Clay. You know, Clay. I mean, he is coming off of two yeah. ginormous injuries, but he. You know, I would say at his at his peak when he was healthy, he was one of the best on ball defenders in the NBA, especially for from the shooting guard position, but. But yeah, I their ability know. to jack up threes if they have pool shooting like this Absurd. with Steph and yeah. Clay is just going to be unstoppable. I, I personally think that I think Clay coming off the bench is the best thing because they already have so much firepower 
on on the starting lineup. You put Clay on the bench too. Now you've got you know the opposing team's bench. They're thinking like, okay, we got to keep some starters out here. And now you're getting progressive fatigue on that opposing team because they're trying to shut Clay down. And mm-hmm. granted, you know, you put him on the starting lineup again, offensively terrifying. But that's such a defensive liability for them. I just I I can't see that being something that would that would help them. I would love to see that lineup. It'd be crazy. That's like a two K. 15 lineup just insane but <laughs> i i think you put him on the bench and it'll be really interesting seeing uh him distribute the ball with iguodala and just mm-hmm. move it around a little bit watch clay pop some threes other teams bench starts to freak out a little bit like we need guys out here yeah, and, yeah. yeah no i think yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they start him on the bench i think you know as he gets back yeah they would probably rather have pool coming off the bench than yeah. clay because that's probably what it's going to end up being the only thing that I could see is if Jordan Poole is averaging like twenty, like mm-hmm. like he had twenty points yeah. in the preseason, he averaged twenty two a game. And if he's aver- it's hard to take a guy who's if he's averaging that much during the regular season. By the time Clay comes back, it's hard to move a guy like that to the bench. Yeah, especially that young with that much upside, it's it's exponentially hard. But again, this was the first game of the season, and uh, riding the hot hand from the preseason into it, you know, it doesn't mean that. Eventually, it's going to go back to averages of last season or anything like that. But I just, it, it, it's a lot to ask for him to keep it up here. But it was 25 minutes they gave him, and 20 points in 25 minutes is pretty darn good. Yeah. It's pretty darn good. And, you know, confidence is key for young players. Mm-hmm. So if Poole gets the starting nod as the season goes on, then it'll be really good for his confidence and his play. I mean, Terrence Mann in the playoffs, you know, confidence yes. for a young yeah. player. Yes. There you go. Yeah. There Perfect you go. Perfect example. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then also, I know we kind of moved on to the Warriors a little bit, but we do have to talk about Russell Westbrook. Uh, last night, Russell Westbrook yeah. was <laughs> trending on Twitter. Eight points. Yeah, eight points. Let's see. What, what, did, no, what did he no, shoot? Nothing was double digit. Nothing yeah, was yeah. double was digit. Four, four out of yeah. 13, yeah. 0 for 4 from 3. And, you know, 4 out of 13 is bad, but it was like he was missing some bunnies too. Like yes. he missed, yes. he was missing uncharacteristic like that was uncharacteristic Russell Westbrook. You know, if if I saw him go out, you know, he missed some jumpers. I you know, you expect that from Russell. But it was some of those drive to the basket where I was like, come on now. You got to. Yeah. You got to. Now, I might be I might be crazy. Y'all can tell me I'm crazy for saying this. When I'm looking at this roster, I think even if like even without Russell Westbrook, this is a really good like this is a roster. I don't know if I want to say they're as good as the 2020 team it was. But no. I think, yeah, they're, they're not there yet, but they can definitely compete. And then it's like, if Russell can just be okay, like last night he was horrid, Yes, right? If Russell can just be okay, this team is going to be really good. But if he's okay, I also feel like that correlates to him taking 25 shots a game too, you know? The better he gets, yeah, the more shots could, he likes yeah. to take. And right now, I, I think from last night's game, besides the, the horrible bricks, it was also just really timid. Really timid because he's going in there and it's look, it's LeBron James, it's Anthony Davis, it's their team, very clearly, and he doesn't want to step on toes right now, which I respect. But at the same time, I mean, the he didn't even have anything double digit as far as rebounds, assists, or I mean, this is this is a guy who's triple doubled multiple times, or you know, on season averages in the course of his career. Oh yeah, I mean that's incredible. Yeah, leading in triple doubles in the history of the NBA. That's like yeah. And he you don't expect this. He couldn't. He couldn't contribute significantly in 
any of those areas last night. And you're telling me you can't get more assists with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And you couldn't get some rebounds with both those guys crashing the paint, trying to get the boards themselves, and yourself being able to steal some of those away. No, I mean, and th- this is this is a big thing that I'm looking at right here. So if you look at the plus minuses for the starters, right? Yeah. Anthony Davis was minus two. Mm-hmm. LeBron James was minus two. Yeah. Okay. Kent Bazemore was plus 10. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan was plus two. Russell Westbrook was minus 23 when he was on the court. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's like, you. that's what I'm saying. You can't do that, Mm-mm. you know. He just has to be okay. Like, that's all I'm asking from you, Russell Westbrook. Do you, do you think it has something to do with him playing with studs now? Because it's been – I mean, I know he played with Harden in Houston, but it's been a while since he's really had this presence, much less two of them. I don't know if it's the studs. I think it's just his ability to play with them. I don't think I don't think it's – yeah, I don't think it's them at all, his ability to have chemistry with them like he did with KD, like he did uh, with Harden. I, it's just I don't think Russ – himself at this stage in his career I don't think he has I mean this is again way overreaction first game of the season I'm sure he'll get better you know right. knock on wood but I think it's just him I just think it's not the rust that we all remember charging down court getting these crazy dunks over centers or or getting a great rebound and going down the other end of the court and doing a no-look pass out to somebody to hit a three it's not that guy anymore mm-hmm. yeah and I mean when you look at Russell Westbrook's career he's I feel like he always starts slow too so I think that's that that's something that the Lakers can look at and be like, okay, he's gonna start slow, but when we start getting into like you know January, February, you know, starting to get into mm-hmm. like the real part of the season, and once they get more chemistry, I think that this will be fine. And I I kind of want I would compare this kind of I don't know if you guys remember this was like when the Heat first like came together, yeah, and they started out really bad, yep, and people were like, it's not gonna work, blah blah, because they like through twenty games they were like. I think they were at 500 through 20 games, and they ended up going to the finals that year. So it's like, like I said, this is still the first game. You know, no need to have a complete overreaction, but they're going to need more from Russell Westbrook. That was also a younger team, too. Oh, that wait, was also yeah, a lot definitely. younger team, and um, I feel like the guy that he found his place, he found his footing on the Heat roster, but he never regained what he had with his prior team, Chris Bosh. You know, he came in. Very, very much a supporting role. You got LeBron, number one, D. Wade, number two, and then Chris Bosh, number three. I mean, for the first couple seasons with Miami, I mean, he was not looking great. I mean, averaging 15 a game, he wasn't terrible by any means necessary, but he just, he wasn't the Chris Bosh that people saw dominating in Toronto. And, I mean, you look over at Russ now, and Russ is, he's not in his, you know, mid to late 20s. He's he's had several significant injuries over the course of his career, and the type of basketball that he plays is extremely demanding on the body. And I just I don't I I, I want to say I want to say same thing as you, Bryson, that it's just slow start to the season like we've seen from him before. But I would not be shocked if he was just washed up by the end of the season, and he's wow. just getting like twelve points a game or something. I wouldn't be shocked. My big question for LA is. Who's going to be that nearly automatic guy from beyond the arc? We see it with all these great teams in the NBA that they have that guy. Yep. So who's going to be that guy for the Lakers? Okay, so Wayne, I think it's Wayne Ellington, but Wayne Ellington is hurt. Okay, listen, listen. <laughs> Wayne I, Ellington. Okay, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Wayne, El- no. Okay, Wayne Ellington shot like forty-five percent on catch and shoot threes last year. Like yeah. he's okay. automatic. Like I no, I was because I was watching this on like media day when they were doing the media yeah. day and they were talking about him. And Wayne Ellington is also a former Memphis Grizzly. So, you know, I'm a little I understand now. But it's because I remember there is a game when we were playing the Heat. I don't know why I remember this. But Wayne Ellington had 23 points, and we beat the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh Heat because of Wayne Ellington. 
one in one of the years where we shouldn't have beat them. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've just been kind of watching his career. It's kind of like he because he's been on like the Pistons. He's been on some bad teams, and I think. Playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, he's gonna he's gonna get so many open looks when he gets into that when he comes back into the starting lineup. I you know I don't know when's May, he gonna get back on the court. I I don't know yet. I I, I don't I don't even know what his injury is. I just know he was out. Yeah. It, it yeah. just said he was out. It didn't even say like I what I he's don't out disagree with. with you that he's that he's gonna make three pointers. It's just the role that he has fulfilled for much of his career, especially this portion of his career where he's thirty three years old. I don't see him being on the court long enough to make a meaningful contribution. When he's out there, you know, sure, he's going to hit some three-pointers that really add to uh, the dynamic of the game, but I just don't think he's going to get enough meaningful minutes on this Lakers roster. Because last year with the Pistons in 46 games, he got 22 minutes a game, and that's a really horrible team, you know. Mm-hmm. Come to the Lakers where it's a lot deeper. It's still a top-heavy team, but they have a lot other option, a lot of other options on there. Uh, he's I mean, I would say like 12 to 15 a game, yeah, probably. probably tops at 18 if he's going off. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's significant enough to really make a big three-point contribution. When you, again, you said every team has three-point shooters. All, those three-point shooters are guys that are out there for 25, 30 minutes a game. You know, mm-hmm. in cases of the Warriors, 35 to 38 minutes a game, you know. Oh, yeah. right. um, well, when you have the greatest shooter of all time, yeah, it's a little different. Exactly. But. but I just don't think the Lakers have that at all. Wayne Ellington, I'm not saying he can't contribute from three-point. I think he definitely mm-hmm. will. But from a meaningful point where the Lakers are going to be able to compete with these other teams with three-point shooting, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's not going to be able to do it by himself. I don't think this is like the second com- This is like This isn't even like Seth Curry, you know. They don't mm-hmm. even have a He's not even like him, right? Uh, you know, maybe Malik Monk will hit some threes. That's I don't know. I thinking. Yeah. I, I'm thinking. Here, I'm yeah. thinking Malik Monk maybe will hit some threes. You know, but I think the big thing is they're gonna have to rely on LeBron to, like, bring it. Yeah, every, bring yeah. it every night. Game. Yeah. Like, and I think one of the reasons why they got Westbrook is because they wanted to take that away. Because when you look at it, even on those championship teams, when LeBron was off of the court, those teams were bad. Yep. Right, and I think that's one of the reasons they brought Westbrook in is because they're like maybe he can help a little bit when LeBron's not on the court, and it's like if he's not doing that, then they're in trouble. Yeah, I just I don't know Russell Westbrook. I really want to see him do well, but I'm just not confident. I'm just not confident in in what he can still bring to the court. His game, uh, he still does. He's still great at being just an every every position kind of guy. Just you know, I can get the rebound, I can get the steal, I can get the block, pass, score. I can do it all. I can do it all. Tell me what you want. But his efficiency with shooting has always been a problem. And now that mm-hmm. he's throwing up bricks like last night, they already have, you know, arguably some shooting issues in that they don't have a ton of guys that can take all those shots. I've just, I, I don't see how his contribution, if LeBron has to step back and we're like, okay, we're only going to give you 25 minutes tonight, LeBron. I don't see how Westbrook can step up and fill that scoring hole because you, Carmelo, mm-hmm. I think he can definitely fill that role a little bit more when LeBron's not playing as much or at all in a night. But there's only so much he can do. And then, well, who's going to fill that hole on the bench now? And so on and so forth. And I just think, I, I don't know. I think they need to emphasize team basketball, just passing it around. Don't worry about three-pointers, just no the fundamentals. Egos, yeah. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. if you, you try to keep up with the Joneses of the rest of the league, you can't. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah, you're definitely right about Russ there. There's always been that misconception just because he scores so many points and he has all these triple-doubles that, you know, he's got to be a good shooter. But it's just the volume of yep. shots he jacks up is why he eventually gets his numbers. So, and this offense is going to be a little different. And you know, of course, opening night was fun. 
But tonight, I think tonight is the real opening night. You know, last night you only had two games. Tonight is when you get to see this is when the NBA is at its peak. You know, we got a lot of games tonight. I know the Grizzlies are playing. The Wizards are playing tonight, right? You guys are playing the Raptors. Jack, I know you're a Grizzlies fan. The Mavericks are actually, they're playing tomorrow, right? Yeah, the Hawks. They're playing the Hawks. That'll be a really good game, too. So I was just going to ask you, like, what what are you thinking about the Wizards this year? I know you got some new additions with Kuzma, KCP. You know, what what are you thinking? Well, Kuzma, the thing that was really interesting that I definitely didn't notice and I think most people didn't notice is he made more three-pointers than Trey Young, which was just kind of absurd. Real, last season? Last season. Wow. Last season. That's actually incredible. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I think the fact that we added Kuzma – uh, it's it's very interesting because him with Rui Hachimura, I think is a very it's a unique blend because both are big men that are able to do a little bit of everything, and I think you have that flow combined with Bradley Beal being able to just drain shot after shot after shot after shot. I think makes us a contender for the playoffs. I don't know how far we could go, uh, but I think Kuzma could return to Kuzma of old. Uh, where he was averaging, you know, seventeen point two points per game, so on and so forth, and we were looking at him being like, okay, Kuzma is the big, he's the he's the third of this big three between you know Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and of course that didn't come to fruition. But I think with the Wizards, it's more conducive to him having a successful run. I really do. So I'm excited for it. I think they can beat the Raptors. I think the Raptors are depleted. Uh, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam, I said last episode, he's a unicorn. He's great, but I think the roster as a whole is 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 definitely depleted. Fred Van Fleet. Really good shooter, but the Wizards, I think, have more in this game, for sure. Yeah, I think so. And obviously the Grizzlies are playing tonight, playing the Cavaliers. I think that's a game that the Grizzlies should definitely win. I'm expecting Ja, Jaron, to have a good game tonight. You know, I feel like Ja is one of those guys, he shows up to the big games, and I feel like he sees the season opener as, like, a pretty big game, and Mm -hmm. he's going to want to set the tone tonight. I don't know. What are you thinking? What are you looking for, Jack? Yeah, I'm just looking for a solid Grizzlies win to make a statement. You know, they kind of surprised people with how well they took the Jazz down to the wire in a few of those games last year. So I'm just looking forward to seeing Jaw continue to step up, play well, and as well as the whole team. Yeah, I'm looking to see them, like like you said, they competed with the Jazz, but I'm looking to see them take the next step and instead of going from competing in those close games, go into like winning those close games. Right, you know? of course. Yeah, as a young team, that's right. always difficult. Uh, so I'm just looking at it tonight. I, I kind of get these games together of the games that I think are going to be the best going on for the rest of the week. Tonight we have Nuggets and Suns. I think that'll be a good game. You know, Jokic is yeah, Jokic yeah. You know, Jokic is coming off his MVP year. The Nuggets have some unfinished business with the Suns in general too. Uh, and even I don't know if you guys know, think about Jokic. You know, he definitely deserved MVP but it seems like even though he won MVP some people are still kind of doubting him going into this year yeah it's just because he won it on a weird year with some injuries and he just kind of got it through attrition so yeah he wasn't flashy and people notice flashiness yeah. and, and Bede started off he was a clear MVP he gets hurt LeBron's a clear MVP he gets yeah. hurt and then just keeps Steph going down makes the list the late surge, but it was too little too late so yeah. yeah yeah and then I'm looking at here Thursday we already talked about a little bit Hawks Mavericks. What are you yes. thinking? What are you looking for this game, Jack? Well, I'm looking for a Mavericks win. I'm looking for Luca to like Jaw progress even more. You know, obviously he's a stud. He's Vegas's leader in MVP odds this year, but uh, he's my favorite player in the NBA, as you know, Bryson. So I'm just looking for him to put up a 
great performance and uh Trey Young from the other side as well. Uh I dig uh I dig the villain of New York as well. Oh yeah, definitely. No, I'm interested to see I know he showed it in the playoffs a little bit, but how is Trey gonna respond to the new foul rules? Because I know he got a lot of points off of that last year. Uh yeah, just no more jumping for sure, yeah. Yeah, no no more initiating contact. And you know, even in the preseason you saw a couple times, like I think it was Steph that did it that kind of went viral and they were like, Yep, they're, like they're being serious about this. So I don't think it's gonna be a problem for Trey Young to continue to score, but maybe he's not gonna get to the line as much. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be really interesting seeing Trey adapt to that, but again, I don't think it'll impact his bottom line too much in points per game. Uh, but just to get in there quick, uh, I know I mentioned it before, but yes, Kyle Kuzma, he shot 137, <laughs> made, well, made 137 out of 383s, while uh, Trey Young was one less with 136 out of 390. So nice. not only a better sh- a shooting percentage, but he made more. It's just one more, but still, I mean. Oh, no, the yeah. fact that he, right no, the fact that he was even, even if you had told me that Kyle Kuzma made five yeah. less threes than Trey Young. I would have been like, "What are you talking? Yeah. Like, what? I didn't. Like, I didn't expect it either. I didn't expect it either. And I'm, I consider myself to be a Kyle Kuzma fan, and when I saw that, I was just no way. Yeah, oh, no yeah. It's way. It's one of those things that it, like doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. But it's like he he got a lot of open looks on that team because with playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, also, looking at Friday, Friday is going to be pretty pretty good because we got Suns Lakers. Uh, rematch of the first round, and we also have Net 76ers. Ben Simmons will not be playing. You know, he got suspended. But uh, I think I'm looking for the Nets to have a bounce-back game. Yeah, I you know? think they have the capabilities too. Against mm-hmm. even, e- even though it's only game two, I think it's really good to show that even though it's early in the season, after a loss, you can come back. You can, you know, your t- you have a strong team. You have a good unit together that will come back and, you know, bounce back, you know, against a team. You know, the 76ers are good. I think the Nets should beat them. Yeah, I think if they beat the Sixers even, like, easily especially, that they'll just further cement themselves as still a a powerhouse in the East. You know, honestly, I think think the Sixers could beat them because the locker room turmoil is limited to Ben Simmons. It's not like there's a whole division in there. I think Mm -hmm. Tobias Harris adds a really interesting element to the game because he can do it all. Uh, his shooting has has really improved, and uh, I think he'll consistently just be hitting mid to long range shots in this game. And uh, Joel Embiid can just wreck everything. I, I really think the Sixers, personally, I think the Sixers are going to win just because the interior for the Nets, I don't see as being as strong. Again, they've got DeAndre Jordan, but DeAndre Jordan is is old and well past his prime. I think I think Embiid is he's going to have a field day. I think he might be in the 40s for that game. Might have a career high, maybe even. I mean, he, I think he's going to go off. But one I'm really excited for is one of tonight's games: the Celtics versus the Knicks. I think oh, that's going to yeah. be a defining game for the East, right? Oh there. no, that's that's definitely going to be an exciting game too. I was kind of I was just looking at that and say maybe I missed that game, yeah. but <laughs> that's no, that's going to be good. I'm really excited to see because this is going to be Kimba's first time playing in New York. Well, not first time playing in New York, but as a Nick, you yeah, know, right. it's different because he's a New York kid. You know, that's just playing his yeah, team. that hits yeah. that just hits different. You know, it's a, there's I wouldn't be surprised if you know he's emotional going into this game because you know he probably grew up as a Knicks fan. You know, he's from the city. Yeah. You know. I think that's awesome. See how the rest of that New York squad bounces back after that horrible playoff series loss. Julius Randle, too. Julius Randle is also on my fantasy team, by the way. But uh, (laughs) I want to see, like, after – because he flamed out in the playoffs. 100%. Yeah, he flamed out in the playoffs compared to what he did in the regular season. I mean – He had a tough tough group he was going up against, though, to be fair. John Collins is is a phenom – 
And yeah, that doesn't excuse Randall again flaming out in the postseason, but I think it's just fuel to the fire. And you throw Kemba Walker on top of that, and they they've got a really good potential for solid just making a massive too. run. Yeah, solid yeah. young guys, Quickly solid and, run guys. Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. And then I'm just kind of looking through Sunday. We got Grizzlies and Lakers. I think that's going to be an interesting game too. I'm I'm really glad we're playing the Lakers early in the season. Because I think this is one of those games where maybe you can get one up on one of the powerhouses in the West before they really start clicking. Yeah, before they yeah. start clicking. Yeah, you, you got a good point there. Yeah. yeah, so it's like no, that, that, that's what I like to look at. Is like I want to, I want us to play the best teams early before you know before they start really caring. I think Jock could really go off in that game as well because they've got a lot of holes at that one spot. So you have Jaw just blowing past who, who's ever at point guard getting a ton of points up in the paint. Then once they're starting to prepare there, ooh, step back, three, Those boom. Those floaters, yeah. Yep. I Those think, mid-range floaters yeah. are just deadly. They hurt. They hurt to watch because <laughs> it's the mid-range floaters especially. It's like you're even closer to those, so you can stop. If it's a, a three-point floater, it's like I couldn't do anything there. But mid-range, like I, they, they could almost reach it. I know. Like, almost reach it's it. It's just a little little flick. Yeah. And, it's and then, yeah, so then just continuing on with the week we got Monday. The the one that I'm really looking forward to on Monday is Celtics and Hornets. I'm 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 excited for that. I'm ready to see Jalen Brown come back. You know, because mm-hmm. he should be back. He should be ready to play this season. Uh, I want to see how Lamelo plays because yep. the Hornets played pretty bad in the preseason. They had that one game where I think was it the Mavericks that blew them out in the preseason. I don't remember, but they lost by like 50, 60 points. And I'm really trying to see. You know. What what are they going to do about it? Also, it Trailblazers. Yeah, it was the Mavericks. Yes. Yeah, and then Trailblazers and Clippers, which I want to see. You know, Dame is the kind of guy who he said he's not going to run from the grind, but it's almost like it's time to. It's sad know? to see him yeah. in that position. It's sad because he's a Hall of Famer. He's a yeah. Hall of Famer that's been snubbed on awards, uh, you know, all-star appearances, and he just – he's he's an old-school basketball player. He is staying there till the bitter end, and – that team, I picked them to go into the postseason. I think I had them as my five. Um, I, I still stand by that, but he's just—he is that whole team. You take him off that team, and they're getting—they're getting a top three pick. Well, it's kind of oh. like Dallas with Luca. They've oh, got—they've yeah. got Kristaps still though. I mean, Kristaps—they yeah, play way too big and way too slow though. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just a problem that has to be addressed, and they didn't address it this offseason. They got Bullock in; he'll be fine off the bench. But mm-hmm. yeah, no. the The weird thing about Chris Stapps is, yeah. yeah, no. Chris Stapps is weird because I know he's a, he's a great shooter. Yeah, but it's like sometimes I just like just go into post a couple times. I'm not even saying you have to like run your entire game through the post, you know. And I still think he should shoot because if you can shoot, you should do it. Yep, regardless. But it's like I would like to see him, you know, get on the inside a little bit, you know. I think that was kind of the thing in that playoff series last year. It's like he really wasn't even a force on the inside like he was when he was in New York. Is that him or Carlisle, do you think? Uh, Because Carlisle slows it down a little bit more. Well, yeah, Carlisle is gone now, so. Oh, he is gone. Oh, gosh. Never mind, Jason Jason Kidd. (laughs) Oh, kitty. Yeah, Uh I mean, it could have been Rick Carlisle because I feel like even when he was in New York, he liked to go to the basket a little bit more. So it could have been more of, well, because, you know, the Mavericks last year, they were basically like, give the ball to Luca or shoot a three. Those are your <laughs> only options. Yeah. And yeah, Hardaway, sh- shoot threes. <laughs> yeah, basically. Please. Good luck. <laughs> and then going into uh, next week, you know, on Tuesday, you know, the big thing is the TNT games. We got 76ers and Knicks. Uh, I don't know if Ben Simmons is going to be back by then, 
that's going to be that's the real question is will Ben Simmons come back after this one game suspension or are they going to extend it? I don't you know. You can't bring him back. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I don't think they're going to bring him back. I think I don't I think he's going to have to be traded at this point. But you know who knows and then they also have Nuggets and Jazz. Which that should be, that'll be an interesting game. See if Gobert can slow Jokic down a little bit. Yeah, yeah I are y'all confident in Utah's ability to kind of be what they were last year? Absolutely not. Uh, I'm not either. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I don't and I don't want to sound like I'm hating on the Jazz because I think the Jazz are still going to be a playoff team. I don't even think I put them in my top four on the last one, which maybe that was a little harsh. But I think that I think they got exposed in the Clippers series. They were like, if you can pull Rudy Gobert out of the paint, then he is he's a liability on defense. And that's why Terrence Mann went off because it's like, and that's Terrence Mann. Who knows what you can do if you have a guy a little bit better than him? You know, I think Terrence Mann's a great player. Yeah. But if you're looking, especially like the Nuggets, if you have a guy like Michael Porter Jr. trying to pull Rudy Gobert, like, come on now. You know what I mean? I mean, they yeah. just don't have anybody else on offense except for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, there are other guys on here that, yeah, they can make a shot every now and then. I mean, Rudy Gay. Uh, of course, there's Joe Ingles. I mean, there's there's some people. Sure. Hey, hey, but it's, you know, I'm not going to stand for any Mike Conley slander either. Oh, you yeah. Mike Conley, Mike Conley, <laughs> He's still, great, great yeah. passer. Great passer, great ball handler, just gr- really good point guard, really mm-hmm. good point guard. But uh, good luck. He can get hot. He can still get hot. He, he can, he, yeah, he can get hot. You know, he's he's on he's on the older side, but now, not though. but not in a way where those two can can carry the team. Not yeah, in that I, kind of way. Yeah, I don't think that the two of them are going to be able to carry them to the finals or anything. I don't even I don't even think they'll make the Western I, Conference I, Finals I, this year. I stand by trading Gobert. I stand by trading Gobert and getting what you can. From that offensively, I mean, you know, that's that's a in, that's that's tough because you still have a guy who he's going to be a Hall of Famer, three time three time Defensive Player of the Year now. But I know, I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I don't. That's know tough. That's that. a tough one. I think you got to get pieces for him because what? Okay, what is this team going to do with Rudy Gobert with the, with their current lineup? What they have assimilated? What are they going to be able to move? How 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 far are they going to be able to go in the playoffs? I mean, like truthfully, I don't. They, unless I think Rudy they Gobert, beat the Clippers last year. If, if yeah, I think they could have, but they, they just needed they more hot. So. There's no way they and can Donovan make it. Donovan was hurt. He was a, he was banged up here and there. So I don't see how they can make it to the conference finals with the lineup that they have. I don't see how they can do it. I think they can. I don't Clarkson think it's can probable. Always progress. Yeah, I mean, but Jordan Clark's. You know, Jordan Clarkson is one of those guys who. If he takes a shot, he thinks he's Kobe Bryant. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And you know, a lot of this is speculation still because we haven't seen the games. Yeah, but I I don't know. I I'm not saying that the Jazz are gonna have a great season, but I I don't know if trading Gobert is the answer necessarily. I think it's more maybe working with Gobert to see if he can become more mobile. You know, get better. Because when you have that kind of defensive talent, it's really hard to let it go. Yeah, like it's it's and I mean I understand what you're saying though because it's definitely a very yeah. interesting scenario that they've been put in because you could get some good guys. Because if Gobert. you don't if you don't trade him, you're trading draft picks because you have to get a you have to get a real viable uh, uh, powerhouse now if you want to make a real run for anything. Because right, it's great contending. It's great contending. Don't get me wrong. It's better to contend than to be the Washington Wizards. You know, but but, oh, yeah. but you can. Do you want to contend or do you want to win a championship? Is the question. You know, so that's, who's the guy you could see going to Utah and filling that void? 
I don't know who can fill the void necessarily, but I just think I think you move Gobert and you can get two good pieces for him. I would say Sacramento Kings are rich in young players. You could trade for Buddy Heald and uh, get Halliburton maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, throw hey, it. And uh, Bagley wants out. Bagley is Bagley. But I, I don't. I don't yeah. yeah, but I don't know how much better that really makes. But him, he'd but. be a mobile big. He would yeah. be a mobile big, and that is a big contribution to that Jazz team. They've got very sound coaching, really good fundamentals. You add someone in there who's mobile like Bagley, and I think that that's a good piece. But I think I think Gobert, maybe a, a draft pick sweetener, and you can get those three. I really do. I think you can. I think I think Sacramento Kings are sell sell all if you can. That seems to be where they're always at. Even though they've got De'Aaron Fox, a great point guard, they just don't know how to build a team. They don't. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And you know, great another great week <laughs> of the Fast Break Podcast. Pleasure being on with you guys. My first time. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Happy to have Jack on. You know, we're gonna have Chris back. I'm pretty sure next week. But uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you again next week. 